he said, um, listen, give me two years. You'll never want to come back. Uh, the adventure of a lifetime and nobody will know you're gone. You get deployed at 17 and a half. And now I was deployed from the New York Athletic Club and we got actually deployed right out of the locker room from, uh, you know, you get beamed up to the ship and then the ship takes off and you're gone for 20 years. That's a very hard pill to swallow, but that's exactly how I experienced it. I was taken at 10 years old. I was taken and I was worked through se several black programs. I was privately owned in the beginning. I did six, six or seven years on earth. Uh, that's when all the stuff for the programs began for me, uh, specifically uh, the tracking that they had been doing since I was a kid, it followed me all the way through the military. And at that point, when I got to Diego Garcia, that's where I was taken off planet. It like opened that floodgate for me. And then all of these recalls started coming in and I was just like, oh my gosh. And the way I was describing it, she's like, I've never had this with a client, but it, that you're, you're describing a parallel life right now. It's a combination of human and other species. Um, I was able to remember the name on their uniform, it's USS R-Corp. That was putting me through some kind of recruitment um, tests from age three until 12. And 12 is when I was potentially, well, taken. He said, uh, and with your scores, I guarantee you'll make commander and you'll make pilot. And I said, pilot of what? And he said, uh, four kilometer long starship. He told me what was gonna happen. He, he said, you volunteer for the program, we'll put you in, you'll do 20 years, we'll um, send you back in time 20 years, age regress you 20 years, wipe your memory, and you'll just wake up in bed like nothing happened. It's almost beyond words, it's beyond comprehension of how this could happen. Whoever's masterminding this, you know, the Air Force, you know, working with extraterrestrials, working with a lot of Pretty wild technology, which I'll also get into. It's really beyond fathomable. It's beyond fathomable. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, a few things before we get started as usual. Don't forget, uh, our tickets are on sale for our conference, the Secret Space Conference, May 2nd through the 5th in Grafton, Illinois. Uh, we're getting really excited about that. Um, more and more people are buying tickets and we're just, uh, it's its really starting to shape up. We're putting a lot of energy into it and it's uh, something, it's really a more of a passion project than anything and we're just excited to create I, you know, I was thinking about it. It's like, you know, the conference is great and the, the information and the speakers, it's all beautiful. But just to be able to create a space for all of us to unite and get together and just be with Soul Family, uh, it's really exciting. And I'm looking forward to that. And it's fun watching everybody get excited about that. So uh, if you feel compelled at all to come join us, grab a ticket. The information is below secretspaceconference.info. And everything you need to know is on that link on the website. Um, but don't forget, we our Teespring merch is 20% uh, off with promo code 20 and back. And that will go indefinitely, probably 
all the way up through the conference and um, we might change it after that. So take advantage of that 20% off any Teespring merch. And tonight we are joined by Julia Marie. She is actually a local, well now semi-local friend. And uh, we had just recently connected, um, I guess about a month ago. And um, it's just, she has some amazing information. She is a professional medium and accomplished in intuitive master energy healer and a spiritual teacher. She's been doing this for what, 30, 35 years now, Julia? 33. 33 years. Yep. Um, and just from the short amount of time that I talked to her and I did have a session with her and it's just mind blowing stuff. And she has a lot to share and now's the time to do it. And just like a lot of people, everybody seems like everybody right now is getting nudged to, you know, share whatever knowledge, whatever wisdom, whatever information they have, because uh, it, we need to get it as far and wide as we can right now. So, um, Julia, if you want to um, give people an idea of kind of your background, how you got into this and just kind of explain to us what your journey has looked like up until this point and why you're here today. Okay. Three decades in bullet points. Okay. <laughs> um, well, start off with, I was just like any of you. I had a plan for my life. I am a driven type A kind of personality. And I just was going about my business of achieving my goals. And uh, somewhere in the middle of that, about 10 years into a military career, I started feeling like my life didn't fit somehow, like the suit was too tight or it needed alterations. And for any of you that might be on the cusp of waking up, I'm going to tell you that's a pretty clear sign that something's coming for you. There's some kind of activation process going to start. Your, your, your life just doesn't fit somehow. So anyway, I um, there was a series of events, mostly having to do with physical injury and stuff like that, that drove me out of the job I was in. And um, when left with, now what do I do? The answer was um, a period of many months when people with no body showed up in my living room and I thought, well, I'm either going insane or this is a pretty interesting conversation I'm having here with basically metaphysical teachers that didn't have any physical form, but I could perceive them somehow in my mind's eye, like with my imagination. So I um, used the legal education that I'd acquired and grilled them, and it was always internally consistent and always the concepts built one upon the other. I came away from that extended period of time with a set of what I would call principles, spiritual principles. And I was told that if I lived my life according to those principles, I could achieve my own enlightenment and I wouldn't need a physical teacher. And that's absolutely correct. I, so from, from that day to this, I pretty much haven't trained with any teachers except for when I started doing mediumship. I love how you said you grill them because I don't think enough people do that. You know, some people are so excited just to have the experience of being contacted by just a metaphysical being, but we never question um, what are their motives. So, and, and by you doing that, you know, it really just um, 
I don't know if it's, I would say it's skepticism, but it's, it's smart to do that because we can easily be tricked, you know, so it's important to do that. Well, I'd use the word discernment. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would probably use the word discernment and we are given that faculty for a reason, just because we're as some communication has started from some being with no body doesn't necessarily mean that's something that's in alignment with our particular goal or what we want for ourselves. So it's important for us to be asking those kinds of questions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you were, um, so did you, were you friends with or did you know Dolores Cannon? Uh, I was actually a vendor at one of her very first um, conferences where she first started publicly teaching the, the, her form of past life regression. And um, I ended up taking her training again in one of the first classes and took both, both levels, which at the time there was only two from her. And um, I participated in her transformational conferences for pretty much most of the years that she did them. Wow. Nice. I'm sure that I'm sure that had a huge impact on what you're so you do even you even do past life stuff now also that's included in your sessions right most of the time it's past life readings now regressions are valuable but it takes so long to do a proper regression with people I'm I'm being pulled more to work with more people so either group group settings or more than just single one-on-one -on -one taking four hours to do one regression not that it's not valuable because it is but there are certain things you can do with a past life reading and other work that the team does that clear some of that stuff without having to take four hours so so and then okay so when did you realize like um oh shit i'm i can help people i'm supposed to be doing this you know and because you, you you have beans showing up and they've been helping you. So whenever you do a session, you, you're calling in your team and, it, and it's a whole process, but you've gotten pretty good at it. And you can do it a lot more quickly now than you once were able to. And what did that look like when you realized, OK, this is what I'm supposed to do? Um, interestingly enough, I didn't choose to do any kind of readings or any help for people that kind of came from whoever it was that was guiding me saying, okay, we'd like you to start. So it was little tiny little um, shows it out of, you know, out of the way, little tiny towns with, you know, six people attend. And <laughs> so, yeah. and yeah, so, you know, they, cause I didn't know what I was doing. I just had to trust that somehow stuff was coming to me at, that, made sense to them and I didn't even understand the process. So over time I observed how my intuition worked for me. I strengthened my weaker points and I learned to basically blend or that's actually a very good way to put it. I, <clears throat> I have learned to blend the personality level of myself with more of who I am as a soul. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so a great, that's I, a great I, way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. I, thanks for the insight because I didn't understand that that's actually the transition. So, yeah, that's literally, I'm going to say it probably took me 
15 of the 30 years to get to a point where I could function that way. Right. Confidently. Yeah. And then you also, you do channel, you channel also. So is that part of the mediumship? Because um, the session I had with you, um, you ended up channeling a being and uh, is that common for you or is it, does it look different for everyone? It's just, um, technically when we're allowing our soul to express itself through our instrument or through the body, when we're allowing the soul to have more of a fuller expression, that would be what I would call channeling. Grandfather Fool's Crow said we all needed to be like a hollow bone. So the, the energy of who you are on multiple dimensions can flow through the aspect of you that is that is incarnate on this planet in this material plane at this time. So yeah. all we have to do is move out of the way and literally make a, a hollow channel down the central channel of what people call our chakra system to allow that energy to flow through and be grounded into this planet and on the way through it expresses. Yeah. And you nailed it. We all yeah. like, that's the, the one thing we all need to do is get out of our own way. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, yes. That, yes. And that's, we have a, that's exactly right. Yeah. We have a society of people who are, you know, they're all in their own way. They don't even realize it, but that's all by design too. You know, um, well, the biggest obstacle anyone is going to have to their spiritual development is their own limiting beliefs or concepts yeah. ideas that that is you are your biggest obstacle yeah your limiting belief systems yeah. are like shackles you know it holds you back mm -hmm. we, and we've talked about that before uh we're, uh going back to the early days that you had told me um and if you, you had told me that you channeled ashtar but you didn't know at the time it was ashtar and um that's really fascinating to me because uh, you know, we've heard the Ashtar, Ashtar Command and all this stuff for quite some time now. But what did that look like for you, if you don't mind sharing that? Um, for me, the I probably have a stronger gift at uh, trance channeling or whatever you want to call it than I allow myself to. I mean, it wouldn't take much to just trance out now, but I don't like doing that in public. <laughs> but so it happens, it happens spontaneously for me. And literally, he gave me a message. And he identified himself right at the front. He, he said, my name is Ashtar. And here's what I want you to do. And then so I typed out what he said, but I didn't know who this Ashtar person was. I didn't, I mm -hmm. had no clue. So there was another woman who was longer on the path than me. She was an older woman. And I said, I got this message from this guy named Ashtar. And he said I was supposed to put it out everywhere, but I don't know anybody to send it to. So she gave me a whole list. And that's what I did. It was later that I found out that he was, you know, the Ashtar command and all of that. but. Mm -hmm. And since had some experiences where I would find myself going on to a very large ship and he was pretty much there all the time. So, yeah. So, wow. And what, how long ago was this? This was like in the very beginning. This was, I, from time to time, I'm aware of him. From, from time to time, I'm aware of him, but 
it's not, I don't interact with them in the same way that I did very early on. What year would you say that was? 92, 91. Okay. Interesting. 92, 93. Yeah. Well, it's just amazing how that stuff works because I never even heard of Ashtar until like 2016 or something. You know, it's funny how something enters your awareness, you know, I guess when you're ready for time. it. Yeah. yeah. When you're well, ready for it. At the time, it. he was measuring the consciousness of the planet. It was a certain process he wanted as many people as possible to do at a certain time so they could measure the development of the consciousness on the planet. They wanted to take a reading and it was that, it was that simple. So my, my job according to him, was to get this message out to as many people as you could. And when somebody with authority like that, I mean, literally, it was like, you know, I was fresh out of the military. So it was like, okay, yes, sir. <laughs> now let me see yeah. what I can do to make this happen. Yeah. So uh, so that was, yeah, that's interesting that it mm -hmm. happened at such a young age. And so you say you actually have visions or memories of be being up on the ship. What was that like? Or it, was it foggy? Um. Those were all that always happened in a, a waking meditative state. I just always felt, you know, I went through a door in the bottom of the ship. And there it's a circular hallway around the outside that all that we would walk down. It was always Ashtar and one other person. And we would go into this room that had a bunch of screens in it and it looked like it had data, their their current understanding of whatever the data was they were looking at or measuring. And I would say, no, it's actually this. So I was just giving them a briefing you were from, my place, <laughs> from my position on the ground. I was telling them, no, it's actually this. And then they would make adjustments. So yeah, they were always brief. Yeah, never lasted very long, but they happened on a regular basis for a while. That's really interesting. They they bring you up and then you tell them what they're doing wrong. <laughs> no, I don't tell them what they're doing wrong. I tell them here is what it actually looks like on the other side of the static that you're trying to re get readings through. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Static of yeah, conscious people, conscious people in while they're in their physical bodies creates an incredible amount of static for for the beings on the other side of the veil. It's why when I was first awakened, I was up all night. I was up at night and slept during the day. And I said, why can't I just be awake during the day like everybody else? And they said, well, you can't hear us very well right now. And so you're going to be awake while everybody around you is sleeping because they're out of less, their bodies. Less static, they can Yes, less static, mm -hmm. you can hear the signal better so yeah. now i don't have to be awake all night because i'm integrated enough i can pick up i don't it doesn't bother me anymore but the, the connections the synapses have been built over time i have a really good set of wiring would be how i would say it yeah. wow that's i'm like getting i feel that that's something 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 i don't even know how to, i can't even put it into words but yeah i get i get that yeah. and I, it makes a lot of sense I, Aaron knows I had trouble sleeping. Like sometimes I can't sleep. Oh yeah, and I end up sleeping during the day, and I don't know why I can't sleep. I should be exhausted, but um, I, I never was. So here's what I might suggest to you: another thing for your homework list. If you're awake at night, that's probably because somebody wants to talk to you. Interesting. 
Yeah. Well, I guess I'll have to turn the turn the dial. Or we'll <laughs> turn the volume up so get I can yourself, hear them. Get yourself a notebook and a, a something to write with, and and say, "All right, I'm here. What do you have to say? Who are you? And how how why?" Because mm-hmm. they obviously have a a mission or a purpose is what it feels like to me of which you are a part or however you want to look at that. So yeah, it never even occurred to me. I, I was just trying so hard to find a way to fall asleep. I, I wasn't even trying to, and never yeah, even forget about to me. it. If you're staying, if you're staying, if you're awake at night, forget it. The first thing I do if I'm awake at night is I get out of bed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Um, so is there any, anybody, like, I don't know, do you have anybody contacting you now? Like what actually, like who, or what was nudging you to come forward now and start talking about this stuff? Because, um, you know, just to, talking with you off camera, you have, you're just so much wisdom, so much stuff, so much knowledge. Um, and I'm like, yeah, you, we need to get you on the show. I know exactly why you're supposed to be talking right now, but what was it that actually nudged you to come forward now? Um, Whatever it is that I've learned, the way that I live my life is probably the exact opposite from the way most people do. In other words, I like to say I live inside out instead of outside in. And really, truly, whatever comes to me from the inside out, I don't care what anybody or anything on the outside says to me, I'm going to follow that. That's beautiful. With or without, with or without prior understanding. So, I would say that perhaps it's time for me to share my experience with spirit, and and to hopefully let other people know you don't have to almost die fifteen times. You don't have yeah. to have. You don't have to be an eighth generation intuitive. You don't have to. You, you don't. You just. You have to have the understanding that we're all wired the same. Everybody has the same wiring I do. The only difference between me and anybody else that's listening or watching or whatever to this broadcast right now is that I said yes when spirit came knocking on my door. I said yes. Right. And and we've talked about that before. It takes it really takes sacrificing a lot of the aspects of the human experience to do this work. And that's like a realization I think we're all having right now. You know, we're all getting nudged, uh, like things happen in my life. And I know that it's going to take major changes to really integrate that. And it's it's programming that we have to we, we just have to learn how to just kick it out the door, you know, and it's just yeah. tough. We have to unlearn so much and relearn a new way of life. And that's kind of what we're seeing happening across the board right now, I think. Well, the beauty is, is that every day everybody gets a chance to make a different choice. We get to choose every day. We get to choose again. And if we choose to surrender our little will to the will of our higher wisdom, and we're just talking our own higher wisdom. We're not even talking about, oh, I'm going to surrender it to God. No, I'm going to surrender it to the part of me that knows who I I am and why I'm here. There's an aspect of my being that knows who I am and why I'm here. So Mm -hmm. I surrender my will to that will. And if you make that choice every day, eventually your will is that higher will and you don't even question it. Right. Well, like Aaron just said, it's like, a, I guess, an aspect of your higher self. You can call it whatever you want. 
I, I know from my own personal experience that that I am a multidimensional being. We and all that are. there are there are aspects of me that are genderless, that are different gender than this physical body, that are same gender as this physical body. And I know that all of those aspects have an opportunity in this lifetime, at least this is my Julia's current working theory. We have an opportunity to ground those aspects into this point of consciousness at one time. Mm. And we've heard, I've actually heard this, a lot of people say that and they realize like, um, you might not know who he is, but Peter Slattery, he thought he was channeling this being for years and then he realized it was just an aspect of himself. He would physically show up and talk to them. It wasn't yeah. just like normal channeling. But it was a female, so he never he never even considered it being another aspect of himself until he got to a certain point. He's like, holy crap. And then he realized there was multiple versions, really? exactly like you're like you're mm -hmm. describing. Mm -hmm. And I, I to me, some of that's still like I it's still really hard to grasp. Is that is that like soul fragments? Like are we just spread out like that? I mean, I don't do you could you even begin to explain that? Um, how it was explained to me in the very beginning. At first, I was told your little mind cannot comprehend the intricate workings of the universe. So basically, there were three dots after that, which meant so don't try. <laughs> so I don't intellectualize a lot about things. I just wait for them to tell me in terms that I can maybe understand. And I was told very early on to um, look at Jesus and the 12 disciples, because I was raised Catholic, so of course they're going to use my frame of reference. Jesus and the 12 disciples is a three-dimensional model of my own being. Okay, so if there's a person in the middle and then 12 people around, then that must mean that I as a person have at least 12 aspects of myself that make up all that I am if I'm a Christed being. Does that? Yeah. So that's yeah. actually, it really does paint a good picture. Mm -hmm. um, so are they, are they whatever it was, soul fragments? No, they're all, in my opinion, they would be individualized expressions that, that are like anchors in different dimensions all the way back to the beginning of my existence that anchor my consciousness in those dimensions. It's fascinating. I think it's something a lot of people need to grasp and understand because we're always so focused on the physical world and like it, it just makes us live our lives one dimensionally, you know? So we, until we actually focus and, and actually consider concepts like that, we're not actually going to be able to be we that multi-dimensional aspect of ourselves. But that's who we are. We're magnificently multi-dimensional and the beauty of it is we don't have to try and figure out all those aspects. Trust me, when I tell you, you'll become aware of them spontaneously. As your frequency can handle the awareness of that aspect of you, you'll become aware of it. So you don't have to do anything except focus on your maintaining your vibration and understanding that within you is a seed of light, a seed of light that like a Herkimer diamond grows from the inside out. And so you can expand into those other aspects of your being as long as you don't allow yourself to get maybe distracted with one particular pathway or another. 
Yeah. Like which... If I spend my whole life doing emotional release work, then I'm never going to know all those other parts of myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's actually a great point. And I know somebody who's going through exactly that. Um, and she's, she's practicing um, whatever healing she's doing, but it wasn't fulfilling her anymore. And that's probably why you have to, you have to expand and And honestly, to become, I guess, a true master for lack of a better term, you have to be able to experience all aspects of life of, you know, and, and the other dimensions as well. Each path has, has the truth within it. It's all, it's all going to be there. It's all going to be there in different, in a different format. So each path will take a person where they need to go. But not any single path is the only way, is what I would say to people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's interesting to think about how, like, you know, we always say we're a spiritual being living a physical existence, and we're down here. And everything just seems to be, it's like, it's just temporary, you know, it's like a, it's like a, a candle basically i heard i heard it described this way it's like we're all like candles and the entire world's trying to blow us out we just have to protect our light and you know keep raising that frequency so the candle never never burns out and it's becoming more and more apparent that we all need to be doing that right now especially what's taking place on the world stage but here's what i know if if we if we move from a place of polarity in our thinking then then there is no us or them or I have to defend myself. If I vibrate high enough, that's not going to impact me anyway. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, and exactly. it's like creating your own reality, basically. Create a reality that looks nothing like what we see on TV or social media or any of that, because it is always very us versus them, you know, and that's what they yeah. want. And and that we just need to they want us to well they want they want us to buy into the game that they're that they're playing and then we're feeding into that and then we're helping to create that rather than create what we want that's that's been the game the whole time and we're well, and, we're, and, and back to the bible it's in the world not of it yes exactly it's it's in the bible if you know what the bible's saying you know you know what it's really saying it's it's all in there yeah everything you're saying is in there mhm and every every sacred text, you know, it's yes, in exactly. every religion. See, here's here's what I know: that whatever it is that's coming through me is source, and and the source of it will take that that non-physical energy will take whatever form I'm comfortable with. The universe will rearrange itself to fit my picture of what I need. So. If I need to be channeling angels, then I'm going to get angels. If I need to be channeling ascended masters, then it's going to be ascended masters. But the fact of the matter is it's all consciousness and it's all from the same infinite mind. Doing its best to allow me to be able enough to give expression to it. Now, when it comes to the healing work, it's a very distinct group of 12 beings that I call the team. And they oh, all okay. look the same. They're 12, 12 feet, maybe, tall. And um, they're just like columns of light. Um, don't really see any faces, but I, I am aware that they don't necessarily all originate from the same place. 
but they have come together as a collective and their goal is to assist humanity. And they do that by working through me. That's interesting. So it must be some sort of ascended master type of energy if they're just showing up in light form, light body. But why would I want to limit them to an ascended master realm when my sense is they come from a place far beyond that? Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't, I didn't insinuate that you were limited. No, I'm just saying, yeah. do you, yes, it would be. If I say, oh, they're from the Ascended Master realm, then to label something is to limit its expression. Yeah. The minute you put a label on something, you limit how that energy is going to express itself based upon the label you gave it, which is why I choose as much as possible not to label things. That's great advice in all aspects of life. That's yes. That's, that's where exactly I've been correct. at too lately. So yeah, that's, that's right. why it's, right. I've had that feeling. I'm like, you know what? We all like, you know, we're taught to label everything like, oh, that's this, that's this. And then you have this concept of what it is. But what if it's not that? What if you're just putting a label on it and making it something that you want it to be or that it's not, that you're just told it's supposed to be, you know? Well, our, our logical brain, our logical mind is limited. And yeah. it's the part that wants to make patterns and put things in boxes. So exactly. the minute we label something, we've activated that aspect of our brain. Exactly. And that's not where we need to be if we're going to be working with our intuition. Right. It's like it's like yeah. putting, putting a lid on it. Either, and you, you have this beautiful place yeah. to live and, and exist. Well, you, and the ego loves it, it because yeah. it you feel like you're more in control. The ego feels like it's in control when it can label everything into a box and feel like it understands everything in that way you know whereas you can just let something experience it just as it is and let whatever comes through come through and whatever happens you know it's um, like yeah like surrendering to it essentially yeah, yeah. yes yeah because control is an illusion anyway none of us have we control we create our reality but we don't have control mm -hmm. we don't control things that's an illusion Right. And so many people are out there living their lives wanting to be in control. And that's what we're seeing everywhere you look, you know, yeah. and people start to panic. Like, let's say like real love enters, un somebody feels unconditional love for the first time ever. They don't have control of that feeling anymore. And most people run from it. They get scared because they can't mm -hmm. control that situation anymore. And that takes, it takes a lot of progress to get to a place where um, you know, you're in that phase, you don't want to run because, um, because that's just what we were programmed to do. Like everything foreign, anything new, like people don't necessarily like change all the time. And, you know, we all have our comfort zone. And, you know, they say life doesn't begin, life begins outside of your comfort zone. So yeah, it's just, it's actually beautiful advice, not putting a label on anything, because you're just putting a lid on it. You know, you have this world you're living in and then like, okay, this is all I know. I don't want to leave this ever. So I'm just going to put a lid on it and that's it. Well, the other thing is, is um, people may fear change, but actually it's the only thing in the universe that is a constant. Yes. The universal right. constant is change. So yep. the, the, I don't know, it's just, I find it interesting that we, we tend to, live our lives in um, competition with the natural order of things. We, we want to stop things. We want to put it in a box. We want to label it. We want to suspend animation and 
Yeah, when all we need to really do, the quickest way to move forward and to actually have absolute control in your life is to surrender to that higher wisdom part of yourself that yeah. I was talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Absolutely. And it just, and that can carry over into anything. Like even, I've said this before, but you know, you always hear about, for some reason, everybody wants us to you know, you go for a job interview or whatever. They want us to create this five-year plan, this 10-year plan. And you're really limiting yourself. And because what happens if you don't stick to, if you don't stick to that plan, then you feel like you're failing. But mm -hmm. really, well, all, all it's doing is creating anxiety. Because if you're worried about five years from now, you know. And then you're, and then you're trying to lock yourself into a plan that you've made at one point in your life that you that's just what you think you need to do. Or, and it's like so ridiculous when you think about it. Like, yeah. that's, no, like what, what happens in a year or in a few months that you realize you want to do something else or you're, that's not really for you or why would, you know, it's just ridiculous to me to plan. Right. That's really why the plan, the plan at all set in stone, especially that far out is just insane that we're expected to do that or that we think that's a good thing or a good idea. You know, that's I, why I, I tell my students two things. I tell them like when they say, well, what kind of, how can we, you know, start working? I say, I only ever ask for two questions. The first question is, what do I need to know? Because that's really all that's important. What do I need to know? And yeah. that can be moment to moment, day to day, hour to hour, whatever. What do I need to know? And um, what do I need to do next? Right. So if I get really clear about what I feel I need to do next and I move forward in response to what I feel I need to do next is, which this conversation is one of the things that I needed to do next. Um, so if I move forward with that and I meet with resistance, then I go back to my default question, what do I need to know? Because obviously I missed something somewhere. So those are really the only, those are really the only two questions you ever need to ask spirit. And yeah. What do I need to do next and what do I need to know? Because their trajectory, when I say they, I mean God, spirit, whatever you want to call that higher wisdom, their trajectory or plan for your life is going to get you from where you are to where you're destined to be in a much more efficient manner than any plan you could design anyway. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. Exactly. Even, even when I meditate, um, almost always, like, I don't really set an intention, but what I always do is ask, what do I need to know? Or, or if there's any mm -hmm. messages, if there's any information or messages that I need to know, you know, can you please yeah. bring those through now? Uh, because I don't, I don't know. I just, I never want to be too specific because I don't want to like lock myself in. So just yeah. whatever comes through. Mm -hmm. And, and it's funny, sometimes it will be something profound and sometimes uh, I'll have a flash of something in the physical world that I forgot to do that I need to go take care of. I'm like, oh, shit, mm -hmm. I forgot to do that. But it always shows up, you know. Yeah. It's really interesting how that works. But knowing what to do next, I think that's a struggle for everyone. You know, that that's like for me, for the longest time, I just felt lost. I didn't know where to go next. And even when I was asking, I didn't I was overthinking it and. I was overthinking it. You, you know, you get these signs and these synchronicities and all this stuff showing up and uh, you kind of get overwhelmed and like, I don't know if, if this is right or am I being tricked? You know, I overthink everything. So it's really like hard. It, it, it takes a lot to really be able to center yourself and ground yourself enough 
to know exactly mm-hmm. how to tune in to hear that? Well, you it, it starts with doing exactly what you're doing, and that is making time, making space, taking the time, and exercising the discipline to spend time getting quiet and making room for spirit to communicate with you. And over time, the more you do that, the stronger the wiring gets. Eventually, it just becomes part of your nature. It'll, it'll just be like now you're using your other five senses instead of just your physical ones. Right. Like I said earlier, yeah, we're just, mm-hmm. we're all, we're everybody, we're a society focused on the physical and that's mm-hmm. all by design, but it makes you live a one dimensional life. And it's so, it just, it's just like a, it's so redundant and it's so meaningless. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they want you focusing on the next big movie coming out or whatever, you know, instead of what actually matters. Like aside from the Ashtar stuff, any other ET races or anything, um, that you've been in contact with or any wild experiences that just really like rattled you? I don't know that like contact with ETs has necessarily been a large part of my journey. I will say that um, having a conversation with the universe that is an ongoing conversation and asking for signs and then getting pretty dramatic ones when I need them. That's pretty profound. And, and understanding probably the place where I, where these days, at least in the last 10 years that I get the most um, like, Oh, wow. Kind of moments comes in the mediumship comes in the, in the, in the communication with people that have crossed over. Yeah. I really learned that the spirit world is intelligent. And it's, yes. it's it blows my mind sometimes when I look back, when I see how that person's loved one was working to get me in a place where they could make that connection so that the communication could happen. It's it's pretty incredible. I was so, just yeah. thinking about that, actually, like mm-hmm. um, whenever we do finally connect with a deceased loved one or whatever. I, I was seriously just thinking that is it them? Are they like trying to, they're like working their asses off trying to make that connection happen exactly like you just said, like somehow steering me towards that, towards you or whoever can receive that message. And, and then it leads me to ask, like, how does that work? Are they, how does that work? Are they like subliminally like nudging you to do certain things? You know, is that how synchronicity works? Um, in the case of the mediumship, like my, my favorite story. Okay. Well, yeah, my favorite story is actually in the, in the book, the last breath. So you can, it's chapter 21. So anybody they can read about that one, but it's, it's a story of the mother's love. I guess the one that, that probably jumps out at me, that's the most recent would be a woman who made an appointment, um, for a, like a regular over online reading. And before the reading, I kind of was aware that someone was around and, you know, I put on whatever I was going to wear for the day and literally had to go back upstairs and change my shirt. Okay. I had to change my shirt to pink. I had to put on a pink shirt. And 
And I said to the woman kind of offhandedly, well, whoever's here today, you know, they made me put on, I said, I wouldn't be surprised if it turns out <laughs> I had to put on pink because of them. And uh, at the end of the reading, it was her son actually that came through and it never came from him, the thing about the pink. But after the reading was over, she said, I said, well, could you explain to me what the pink shirt was? Because I know it was important. And she goes, that was his favorite color. Oh, wow. Just to help. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. His favorite color was pink, but he didn't get he didn't give that to me in the reading. He made me put pink on <laughs> Wow. and then comment about it to his mother. So whenever, whenever, uh, so do you just connect with people who book with you or do you ever have souls come to you um, and like say, hey, can you reach out to this person for me or whatever it may look like? You know what I'm, you know so, what I mean? So here's my, here's my deal with the, and I, I say this lovingly with the dead people. Now they're all laughing because they know that I know they're not dead. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They just don't have physical bodies anymore, but trust and believe they're very much alive. Oh, yeah. Okay. And they're still very much involved in our lives. Um, uh, there are some people who do this work that if they get a spirit that makes that kind of request, they'll try and go find the, the, the person they're supposed to give the message to. And um, that's not how I would choose to live my life. So my deal is. If you feel that I can be the person that you can best communicate through whatever it is you want to say to your loved one, then you find a way to get your loved one to me and I'll be happy to deliver the message. Sometimes it's a matter of, oh, I get the urge to go to a certain store and then there's somebody there. No, I don't do the whole Teresa Caputo thing and start spouting, oh, you're whatever's here and they want you to because maybe the person doesn't want to hear it. So if they're open to the communication, then I will pass on whatever it is the person wanted to say. And most of the time, it's they just want them to know they're still around. Yeah. And, and that they're aware of what's going on in their life. And that's more of the responsible way to approach it, I would say. Because, yeah, it would be, it, would be, it might throw you off. It might throw you for a tailspin mm -hmm. if you're just walking to the grocery store and somebody comes up and says, hey, you know, your mom's here and she wants to tell you that. Yes. Uh, you need yeah. to start making your bed <laughs> or whatever. I've seen it happen though. So yeah. and, it, and it, it's, it's not, it, I don't think that's healthy for the recipient. Yeah. Right. No, I don't think so. I mean, you never know. I, I mean, it's all circumstantial, obviously. It, it's going to be different for each individual. Cause mm -hmm. I, I know me, like I would be excited. <laughs> I would be excited if somebody came up, you know, cause you know, I'm just tired of living in this matrix anyway. So anything out of the norm, exciting, like that happens to me, I'm all for it. So mm -hmm. it just depends on that's me though. Some people aren't ready for that. And then, and that's just, that goes back to the beginning, you know, just, just trying to get yourself to a place where you can be accepting to all this other multidimensional stuff. So right now, obviously, I don't know, like, what would you say right now is happening on this planet, on the spiritual realm? Um, you know, I've been hearing like a lot of people saying they're seeing things and, and like apparitions, like paranormal activity. Would that be some sort of veil thinning, like collectively worldwide and things are starting to ramp up? And like, I don't know, what do you what's your take on what's actually 
what the planet's actually going through right now. Well, I, that's funny. I actually uh, just unpacked my, my talk. Um, I used to do a talk called the planet is ascending and so are you. And that's pretty much what's happening. The pl planet's ascending. And there are certain, I mean, we feel like, oh, it's happening right now, but okay, in the, in the scheme of things, as far as infinite time period goes, I mean, when I, when I was awakened back in the late 80s, they were talking about big, you know, it was the harmonic convergence thing. So big planetary mm -hmm. aspects and all this chutzpah and, you know, 2012 and blah, blah, blah. And we're still in the middle of the transition. And, you know, I believe that transition is probably going to take a little bit longer than most people would like, but it is what it is. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's um, a galactic timing thing as opposed to a earthly 24 hour cycle. So yeah. is the, is the veil thinning? Well, I would submit to you, there probably isn't a veil there anyway. Okay, it only seems, there only seems to be a veil because that's what we've decided to say there's there. Yeah. To, so that's a separation mindset thing. I, I believe it's more a matter of we're becoming more aware of what's already been around us, what's already around us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like, as you raise your consciousness, mm -hmm. then you're able to perceive them better. It's not necessarily, there's yes. a veil that's thinning, yeah. Exactly. And, and I, I, I would say that any, any way that we are able to change our languaging to where it's non-polarizing, that would be a good thing for us all to learn to do. So yeah. in, when, in smaller groups where people know me for a while, they'll, they'll know I don't do up, down, left, right, good, bad. They'll, they know that I do expanding, ex expanding from the inside out. In 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 a you know in a spherical kind of a way, expanding mm -hmm. your awareness out, which then by virtue of that expansion allows you to become conscious of those other levels of being, which are think of it more as like uh, tree rings as opposed to a ladder. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it does, okay. and I think it's key what you said about time as far as a galactic perspective and an earthly perspective because if you really stepped out from the galactic perspective um you know this transition is happening tomorrow in the big picture mm -hmm. yeah. you know in the grand scheme of things it's like it's right we're on the doorstep you know it's mm -hmm. tomorrow it's happening but mm -hmm. uh, here on earth everything's going to play out do based on I'm, earth's limitations earth's yeah time is a lot different here how we experience it and then yeah so and it's gonna and we what's confusing and frustrating for everybody is when they're tapping in they're getting this information from a galactic level right and it's always soon or it's happening now or this and that but we never translate that down to earth time and then when we're down here it's like you know, you five years ago, you told me it was happening soon. Like, what's going on? You know, yeah. when is soon? Why is Why? It happening? Yeah. yeah. And, and it forces it makes people become impatient, you know, and then they lose hope and they think nothing's happening at all. But it really you really need to take that into consideration that 
um, these these galactic beings who are giving you this information, they don't see time like we do, if, if they even see time at all. Well, the, and well, and the, the the truth of the matter is things are happening and there are shifts that are occurring. And as we move through each of the expansion layers, each layer that we go through, we'll see more of a, a quantum of growth every every time we every time we move to the next step. Let's just put it that way. So, I generally, when people ask me to make predictions, I say I don't I don't make predictions. I'll read probabilities and I'll talk about the trajectory. But I, I was awake for. 30 some years and I'm only just now feeling like I'm supposed to start talking to people. <laughs> and it was in my conversation with you, Tyler, that I realized, oh, I I probably was just waiting for his age group to get to a level where they'd be curious to see what I knew. Because people in your age group for some reason are are drawn. They're they're drawn. So yeah. So is that an instantaneous kind of a thing? No. But I can tell you from my perspective that when I asked them, how come you didn't wake me up sooner? Because I thought I was late to the party because I was in my 30s when it happened. I was told if you'd have been conscious your whole life, you probably wouldn't have stayed on the planet. <laughs> I probably would have been so depressed if I'd have been aware of what my mission was and been able to look around and see that it was probably virtually impossible for me to accomplish it. Why the hell am I staying? Yeah. So they waited till the last minute to wake me up, which is or bring me back online, which is one of the reasons why I had such an extreme experience, because they had to catch me up. But I can now I've waited three decades. But as you said, that was a blink of an eye. But everything is going according to to whatever the plan is, divine design and the timing's perfect. Yeah. And that's it. That's a great point, actually. If we were aware, like we always get so frustrated that we come with amnesia and we have to learn everything the hard way, blah, blah, blah. Oh, no. If you come in with awareness, like you said, you just want to check out. You'd be looking around and be like, <laughs> I got to do that. Mm -hmm. Fuck that. You know, I'd be out of here. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of growth, too, that comes from a lot of the experiences we have while we're in that more being human. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Being and then you human. wouldn't have any yes. of that. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. And it and by living that experience, once you do wake up and and obtain this awareness, you have sympathy for the people who aren't awake yet because we you were once there. We were all there once, you oh. know. And, and you know, sometimes like it's really hard to wrap your head around how some people can't see what's going on right now, but it's like just want to shake them, but yeah. it's it's their path, you know, and some some people are running around trying to help people and cry wolf, you know, but it's not, you know, at some point you can't help them, you know, you don't want to, there's a difference between helping people and interfering with their karma also. Mm -hmm. uh, so even though sometimes it may seem like we should be helping someone, um, you know, we might be interfering with that lesson. And that's something that I don't think a lot of people think about either. Well, um, that could be explained. It's not a mature exercise of compassion to take away another person's lesson. The first law of the universe is not to interfere with the life stream of another. Yeah. I may, I may have full awareness that there is something I could say or do to assist someone, 
But unless they come knocking on my door or they ask me, I don't offer. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's not for me to do. Well, and that's that's beautiful. That's responsibility. Yeah. Um, because let's just pretend you had a message for somebody and you told them and it would and it just shook up, it just shattered their reality and they left their wife or their husband. Um, it, it ruined their relationship with their children because of what you told them was so profound and it may have sparked something, but that's, um, that's irresponsible of somebody. And, uh, and a lot well, of, a lot, a lot of people aren't ready for certain information too, and mm -hmm. they can actually have a negative effect on them. And this is, I hear people, you know, people that have taught this and it, it rings true to me. It's like, just because something's true, doesn't mean it's a good thing for everyone for where they're at and it could really have a negative effect on them rather than positive if they're not the right place for it so that mm -hmm. kind of goes in line with well what saying. i say to anybody who gets anybody who receives those kinds of messages what i would say is ask first yeah. if that's for you or if you're to deliver it because a lot of times we'll receive information about other people in order to help better help them yeah. doesn't necessarily mean we're supposed to pass it on to them exactly yeah, and exactly. well and just because you receive information doesn't give you the authority no it doesn't it doesn't give you the uh -huh. authority to go and interfere with that person exactly. and i've learned i've actually learned the hard way and exactly that i i received a message for about somebody for somebody and um i really like kind of knew that i shouldn't have said anything but i went and said something anyway and it just totally shook things up and it did not have a positive spin at all. And it was a major lesson for me. And I even asked for a sign, like, should I re relay this message? And I got a clear sign, like I should, I thought, but maybe I was supposed to, so I could learn a lesson. And there probably, there might've been a lesson for the other person also, but uh, it wasn't a good time. <laughs> I'll just say that it yeah. wasn't, but it was a, it was a huge learning experience for me. Uh -huh. And, and then it makes me realize, like, I don't have like, what gives me the authority to go give this person information that could potentially destroy their marriage or whatever it might be, you know? So that's, that's, um, okay. So I'll, I'll put this in a positive way as opposed to being negative with it. Cause that's a polarizing thing. Yeah. So, so, and it's not helpful. So I would say do exactly what your spirit guides, which I call companions, whatever the people that are with you, they will not step in unless you ask them to, because yeah. the first law of the universe is not to interfere with the life stream of another. So therefore, if I am delivering a message that I think I got for this other person, only they didn't ask me in any way, I'm interfering with their life stream. Mm -hmm. So that mm -hmm. that simple rule right there, I mean, any light being is not going to interfere unless asked. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, it's it's I mean, to me, when I first got into all this stuff, it wasn't it was all exciting to me. And uh -huh. it was you, you're not responsible with anything. You have all this new information. You want to share it. Well, and it ends uh -huh. up being detrimental to you, not even just the other people. And that's part of the journey is understanding how to basically keep a lid on it, you know, and, and not just um, 
not get yourself into any, any trouble. But there's, like I said, there's lessons in all of it too. That's funny because when I first woke up, it was the exact opposite. I, I was getting all these teachings from, you know, these beings that were showing up in my living room. But again, I mean, for people waking up now, there's so much, there's too much information. Like how, how do you sort it out? And I used to cry because there wasn't any information for me to, there were, there wasn't anything I could Google or go look up. And so I would get these wonderful insights from these beings that were working with me. And I would go to the local metaphysical store and I would start sharing with these people that I thought were like, you know, they've been in metaphysics a long time. They, they'll understand this. And they would look at me with these blank looks on their face. And that's when I realized, oh, I'm not supposed to be sharing this. <laughs> yep. Okay, I've, it's not time. So I just wrote it in notebooks. Yeah. I did that. That happened to me. I had just got back from Hawaii. I had this amazing like spiritual mm -hmm. breakthrough and I had this, this new information. And I went to a metaphysical shop here by my house and they were, I knew the people and they were asking me how my trip was. And I started giving them all this information about um whatever it was at the time and I, they literally they there might as well have been crickets i remember looking <laughs> at them they had no they were looking at me with what i call now the fluoride stare yes uh it was like stare. i quickly huh? had to i was like it was so awkward like, like, i don't even think they not. knew what to do <laughs> i don't even think they knew group. what to do it's like, almost like they couldn't hear me or they didn't hear what i said and mm -hmm. i quickly like changed the subject and made a joke and then they came back uh -huh. And I was like, I thought I just assumed these people in this metaphysical store would mm. get what I was saying. And it was just like, page. yeah, I uh -huh. looked, they kind of looked at me like I was absolutely insane. <laughs> you know, yeah, well, that's a, that's the way, you know, you're not supposed to be talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. But you just it's funny because you think, oh, they work in a metaphysical store. They you get it. Assume. Yeah. yeah you just assume. <laughs> oh, they're <clears throat> and just tell them all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, and that's just even with our show, like I realized some of the information we put out there, it's not for everybody. It's it's uh -huh. just simply not, you know. Tell that from the comments we get sometimes. Yeah. Well, somebody stumbles across yeah. and they watch it and, and then they're triggered because it's clearly challenging a belief system or whatever it might mm -hmm. be. And then they, it's interesting to see the triggers that different people have with different information. Yeah. Too, you know, like especially covering as wide of a range of yeah. kind of stuff we do. It's like, but, oh, these people are triggered by this. These people are. But it's good because I always say it's good to trigger people because you know you're not in an echo chamber. So you're reaching uh -huh. a new audience. Yeah. Even though they're they might not be happy about what they just heard, it plants a seed. And who knows where what that seed's gonna grow into down the road, you know. Well, and they were drawn there for a reason. So exactly. you know, it's not for not for you know us to individually understand what that reason might be. So exactly. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. like we I always say, like. Anytime you're triggered is where an area where you need to heal or yep. an area where you need to grow. So anytime I find myself getting triggered about anything, I'm like, okay, stop. What, why did this happen? Why am I having this reaction? What can I learn uh -huh. from this? What adjustments do I need to make? That's actually one of the things I'm most grateful for um, going through my whole awakening is be, being able to have that awareness now to stop myself at any given moment and, and adjust and correct uh -huh. my course. And because Man, if you want to see growth, that's the perfect way to start seeing Yeah, it growth. is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Being willing to adjust is the key. <clears throat> well, yeah. 
yeah going through I, you know as well as i do um you don't you almost don't have a choice like if you're not willing to adjust you, your life isn't going to be what you want it to be basically you know you you're not going to you're not in alignment you know you know something's off so you have to adjust otherwise you're just uncomfortable in your body like you said at the beginning mm -hmm. And that's exactly what it is. And, and, and the longer you fight it, the harder it gets. But eventually it's going to catch up to you. What you resist persists. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So you're getting ready to start a course, I believe. Um, can you explain a little more about what you're getting ready to do? And you, you actually have a podcast you're going to start. Yes. Uh, hopefully it was supposed to be on 11.11, but... At the time that I thought I was going to be 11-11, I didn't know I was going to be moving. So <laughs> there is that. Um, so yeah, now it's 1-11. Hopefully we'll have a couple of episodes out there. So it's the, the cat podcast, Consciousness, Awareness, and Transcendence. So it's a, a basket that, that, um, that will allow me to talk about all of the things I know something about and and those really are the three tenets that I would say would form how I live my life. It's, you know, the more conscious we are, the more aware we are, then we're able to transcend whatever those limiting beliefs are. So, yep. But the, the, the two, the two things I, that are on my plate now is the intuitive masterclass, which um, probably won't start until March now because I just need to get more ducks in a row. And the the assignment that I was given on New Year's Eve is uh, I haven't even I haven't even done any of the write up on it or anything. Would be a it's a group active it's a group um, activation I guess we would say it's 11 months and it's uh, it will be working on whoever's in the group, what will be worked on is their wiring. So it'll be, it'll be with, with monthly, monthly meditation, meditations, I would imagine that would be designed to activate that wiring. I spoke about the 12 strands earlier, and I have a feeling that this has to do with that. Uh, what form it's going to take, I haven't got a clue yet, but I know the team's involved with with doing this. And for some reason, they want to do a group of people all at once. So I will facilitate that, but that's not going to start until February 13th. All of this stuff, if people are interested, they can just go to the website and I'm sure you're going to have that in your show notes. They can yeah. check stuff out there. And the, if what, anybody's interested in the class. So it's juliamarie.us. Um, yep. juliamarie.us. And they can also book sessions with you there too, right? Yes, they can they can go right on there and schedule online. So if the if if there's interest in the class before March, if I can get 15 or 20 people, I'll start it earlier. It's basically my intuitive development class, which is six weeks. My writing with spirit class, which is kind of like a form of automatic writing, I guess you call it. And uh, what's the other one? The spirit guides one. I, so I put them all together in one bundle and we're all, we'll also talk about energy healing because that's how my journey started with started for me was with spontaneous activation of healing energy that's how it all began for me 
And then we'll talk a little bit about trance. Well, I won't be teaching that, but I'll touch on those things. So it's, I want people to have a complete toolbox if they're interested here. It's 10 weeks, you commit to it and you'll at least come away with a, a solid understanding of how your intuition works for you. That's beautiful. Julia Marie.us. Um, mm -hmm. And guys, just from the, the one session I've had with her, um, I would highly recommend it. If it's anything like what I experienced, I highly recommend booking a session. Um, honestly, you know, it's going to look different for everyone, but it was pretty profound for me and it was really beautiful. So uh, it's, I, I highly recommend that. And definitely the course sounds amazing. Honestly, it really does. And that's exactly like it's all of the important stuff, like exactly what yeah. we should be focusing on. So exactly. So instead of breaking it down, I've put it all in one, one big 10 week. It's like a semester in school. So you'll have coursework, you'll have homework you can choose to do or not. And there'll also be practice sessions. So you'll get a chance to implement some of, you know, what you're, what you're learning too. Mm -hmm. And then I'll be there to coach you. So there's a specific exercise that mediums do called sitting in the power that allows you to sit in the light of your own soul and then in the light of spirit and if you do that enough you build up juice and that is what allows a person to do trance work without damaging now that's different from you know doing the physical medium mediumship or physical stuff where things manifest i'm talking about just straight getting out of the way and allowing something else to come through. That's, that's a matter of, you know, eat the right food, you know, all the stuff you hear, eat the right food, exercise, drink your water and, and learn to blend basically mm -hmm. blend and surrender. Yeah. Yep. Surrender. Yeah. And it's interesting. You mentioned the eat the right food because mm -hmm. I feel like we used to talk about that a lot and then we kind of got away from it, but diet really, mm -hmm really is everything honestly well my business cards used to just have three words on it on there it would have my name and phone number but it's everything is frequency yes, yes. that is the distillation of everything that we're about so if we if we eat eat cleaner if we also and here's the part of the diet that a lot of people today have issues with, and that is their tech. Yeah. When I suggest to people to do a tech detox, they go into withdrawal. Yeah. Oh, you mean? I used to say tech, yeah. tech detox. Yes. Yeah. Get away from, put your phone down. Greens. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Get yeah. off the whatever. It's it's that too is affecting your vibration. So yeah, I would say to you, be selective as to the matrix you're going to plug into. That's what I would say to you. Yep. Right. And that's yep. something that I needed to do. We all need it. I guarantee you mm -hmm. everybody watching this needs to do a tech detox. And it's one of the reasons why, if you guys may have noticed, we're we're not I'm not we're not extremely active on social media and all that stuff because uh, you know, you see some of these shows and podcasts are pumping out episode after episode after episode, and um, there's no balance there. I don't see how you can yeah. do that and maintain a healthy lifestyle. So like once a week is enough. <laughs> like this, to me, it, you know, I like to be able to put my energy and focus into each guest into each episode and then, mm -hmm. and then integrate, like go into nature and do things and just have a healthy balance. 
And even still, I'm on the screen way too much. And I know that. And I know that sometimes. And sometimes I will literally intentionally leave my phone at home and go to the park. I don't even want it mm -hmm. in my proximity. And mm -hmm. it's amazing. It's amazing. You know, you, you it's funny because at the beginning, you're reaching for it. You're like, you feel naked. But then before you know it, you're you're forced to put your focus on the trees or the nature or whatever mm -hmm. and just observe. Yeah. And it's really profound. It's so dumb mm -hmm. to think about like that, that our phone is holding us back that much from yeah, observing our surroundings, but it is. Mm -hmm. Instead, you're at a stoplight. Instead of looking around and just seeing and observing what's around you, everyone, even myself <laughs> sometimes, you know, yeah. you just, oh. yeah. And then, you yeah. know, the, the light turns green, like it, every second we get, we're just programmed to pull that phone out. And um, it's actually dangerous because not yeah. being aware of your surroundings makes you so vulnerable. You have mm -hmm. no idea. Like I see people crossing the street, looking mm -hmm. down. You don't know if a car is going to be out of control or whatever is going to happen. You, you, your awareness or somebody's walking up, getting ready to mug mm -hmm. you and you're just walking with your head down. Um, Anyway, I saw I just went on a little rant, there, but it's it's so true. You know, I see it all the time and and I'm guilty of it, too, at times, but I, I'm conscious of it. And I definitely try. Try not to. Well, you're because everything is frequency, everything vibrates where you put your attention. Is where your your energy field is going to set itself because it's mm -hmm. going to resonate in sympathy with wherever your attention is. Yeah. So if your attention is constantly in your device you're not going very far. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> you're not, you're, you're locking. It's like a man-made prison, you know, that's exactly correct. Yeah. 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 That's something I feel like I know it's huge. And that's the hardest thing for people. You're right. The tech diet, because everything's diet, not just food, the people you surround yeah. yourself with, that's Correct. what you watch, <laughs> what you intake and, you know, even the electronics we'll to yeah. things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, like, even like they say, you are who you surround yourself with, just like you are what you eat. Like, it's so interesting going through all this, how many people just in your life that you once were friends with or resonated with, how they just kind of just fell away and there was no falling out. There was nothing. It's just, you're on a totally different frequency now. And That's exactly what will automatically happen. They will either shift with you or they will fall away. Right. Yeah. I literally have, I think one friend who, stuck yep. with me through the awakening and uh and i know exactly why like it, mm -hmm. you know i see why but um like one out of you know there's a couple of people but yeah. he 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 never gave up on me basically everybody else thought i was going crazy <laughs> uh but it's interesting how that works yeah they either come with you or they're just mm -hmm. you know doing what i was doing before my awakening living the same exactly. year living the same yep. year over and over and over again oh. calling it a life you know and, and um, how was that working for you? It probably wasn't. No. You, well, you don't even know what true happiness is. You don't yeah. like my. You don't version, even realize you need to change when yeah. you're really when you're there until you get until like it's really bad. And that's why a lot of people only wake up when they hit super rock bottom, mm -hmm. and then they're just like desperate. You know, mm -hmm. you don't need it to get to that point. Well, you know, my version of fun and happiness was completely different than what it is now. You know. Oh, I yeah. couldn't, I couldn't have fun unless I was drinking a beer, you know, like, uh -huh. I'm like, what? Like, I can't, if they're not, is, is there going to be beer? No, then I'm not going, you know, it's just like, or it's was super important. To you. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Back then, Yeah. But it's, uh, 
it's yeah. beautiful. I'm so grateful for all of it because it's made me exactly who I am today. And I have that reference point and, yep. and it's just, uh, all anything that I might have once regret, I look at it as a beautiful experience now. Cause I, like I just said, I would not be the person I am today if I didn't go through exactly everything that I went to went through. Well, I like to say to people, there are no mistakes. There's only lessons. Mm -hmm. Yes. We learn. Yep. One big question I hear from everybody is they're trying to connect with their guides. They're trying, they want to know the name of their guides, like, and, but they just don't know how to do it. Like they hear other people talking about it, but like, I don't know how, where are my guides? I hear about them, but how do I find them? And I know we kind of covered that, but um, just any last piece of advice for that? Um, it's kind of like the show Entourage, which I never watched, but I always saw the commercials for. It's like you have an entourage of people that are around you. And they're probably talking to you more often, at least trying to get your attention more often than you're aware of. The challenge with connecting with your guides first is they're going to be very similar in vibration to you. Mm. They're going to be in the same frequency band as you. So you are probably hearing them and yet not realizing you're hearing them because it's very similar to your own frequency. Does that make sense what I'm saying to you? Yeah. yeah. So if they can take the class and we go through the different kinds of guides you have. We go through how you can feel the presence of your guide. You can ask them to give you a sign or a signal that identifies them. I encourage people to start with just one guide at a time, just one, and you know, get to know how that one feels in your energy field before you move to the next one. As far as names go, um, I probably didn't ask for the name of any of my guides for the first 20 years. And then one day I thought, well, I keep giving people names for their guides. Maybe I should know one of my guides. <laughs> right, yeah. And the minute I said that, I literally heard the, a name in my ear on the same side that I always hear spirit, which is my right, right side where we, we favor one side or the other when we for spirit communication it's it's not always right but it, it you know it could be the left side but for me it's the right side yeah and i heard the name and i immediately said no that sounds too much like so and so so <laughs> no that's not you and the guide went kind of like shrugged shoulders i said i'm i'm gonna call you edward and he okay <laughs> and yeah. so what i learned is they don't care what we call them only right. that we do. Now, here's something. Yeah. If there's somebody who's made kind of a connection with their guide or one of them and they want to know, here's a simple exercise that I'll share as a little something people can take away and do. And that is if you want to know the name of your guide, when you go to sleep at night, go to sleep with a thought in your head. In the morning, I'm going to know the name of my, my main guide. Always start with your main guide. In the morning, I'm going to know the name of my main guide. And just go to sleep with that thought in your mind. When you wake up in the morning, if, if there's a name in your head, believe it. If there's not, then repeat that process the next night. Usually shouldn't take more than three, three nights to get it. And then I say, once you get a name, Google the meaning of the name. 
like what does this name mean it'll tell you a lot about the why the, what the guide is all about okay well, well that's so, that's yeah. beautiful advice but it's also not fair because you you just changed the name of your guide <laughs> that's right and, and and that was the whole point i got a name i got a name from my guide and and i said no I'm, that <laughs> i'm gonna call you this i'm gonna start doing oh, that with, okay i'm gonna start okay. doing that with everybody i meet they don't care. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't know if I'm going to call you. Yeah, that. I'm going to call you this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's funny. Uh, no, but you're right. It, it it doesn't even the name probably is last. The name comes last. The connection is first. The, yeah. Well, yeah. and the name's just a vibration anyway. And again, it's a label. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. So yeah. so the label limits the expression. Well, exactly. a lot of, and a lot of times um, when I've heard people explain this. When they get it, when they do ask, they'll get they'll get an answer along the lines of, "Well, you wouldn't understand my name because it's more of an energy, it's more of a frequency." But on Earth, you got you can call me mm -hmm. this. You know, it's like they just give themselves a label to make to like please the person, but really, there's they don't have an identity like we do. That's uh, well, I, I spent. A Oops, oh, sorry. sorry. I was I was just going to say Alex Collier is in contact with Andromedans, and he's. He, he calls them by the names they gave him just so he would have a name for them. Mm -hmm. But because they don't actually use names, they just know each other by their frequency. Frequency, like exactly. Said. Yeah. Yeah. I, I used to draw spirit guides. I still do sometimes, but, you know, and I use pastels. So I use my fingers to put the image on the paper because then it deposits the vibration of the guide. So then you have something to work with to help with the connection. But every time I tune in to a person's guide, the first thing I see is a pure energy signature that then translates itself into a color or a vibration, which is a step-down version of that light frequency that then allows me to step it down again and put it on the paper. And it comes in the form of a face because we have a human face doesn't necessarily mean that guide has a face, but we have two eyes, a nose, and a mouth, and that's how we can identify with it. Right. So the guide will show themselves in a form that we can connect with. Right. And that's how, yeah. well, we, and that's exactly, exactly. Even mm -hmm. like whenever somebody shows up in your living room, a guide, angel, ET, whatever, they're going to show up some, as something we would recognize. Exactly. And then uh, it's it's oftentimes later, if the person establishes a deeper connection with that being, then that veil, I guess you could say, whatever, is lifted mm -hmm. and they see them in their true form, which is usually yep. some sort of a light body or something. But it, it's almost like a shape-shifting in a way, but it's just to please our senses and what we're used to. Well, it's to help. It's to, to to help make the connection. And who who knows whether or not, on some level, as I spoke earlier about, we each have multi-dimensional aspects of our being, each one of which anchors us to dimensions as we come down into this one. It's like, how are we gonna how are we gonna find our way home from here? How are we gonna find our way home? Because that was one of the questions I asked very early on in my education. I'm here, I'm a human. I don't even know who you guys are in my living room. How, how am I gonna find my way home? You tell me it's time to go home. That's why I'm. you woke me up. How do I know? And literally what I heard was turn around. 
<laughs> so in order for us to retrace our steps, we must have left breadcrumbs like Hansel and Gretel. We must have left breadcrumbs of ourself, our energy, our beingness in the dimensions as we made our way here. Does that make sense? Yeah. As mm -hmm. we step down our consciousness, we left a piece of ourself that we can then resonate back into sympathetically, expanding our vibration, expanding our awareness and our vibration to include that aspect of ourself until we find ourselves unified and basically home. That was beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that's a great, that's, that's a great way of explaining it. And yeah. it makes a perfect sense. It makes yeah. perfect sense. There's that energy signature that we would be, it's like just finding another piece of yourself, really. But um, well, we're not finding it because we didn't lose it. Yeah, but we're we, becoming aware of it. Becoming aware, becoming aware of it. Aware of it. Yeah, exactly. that's a better way. Becoming yeah. aware of how, how, how truly multifaceted and magnificent we are. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. yeah. Right. And each, our soul, okay, so I'm... This is like, I mean, that little bit I just told you, I was supposed to tell you because they gave me goosebumps. So I know that's their message was the whole thing about the anchoring and stuff. But I'm also supposed to say that if there was anything anybody wanted to do for the planet, it would be to become aware that the physical body is the instrument through which your, this is the only opportunity your soul has to express itself into this dimension is through that physical body. So your soul has a gift that it wants to give to this planet. It has a part it wants to play in what's happening here. Mm. So it, it's incumbent upon us to figure out how we can allow that expression to happen. So. Yeah, I was that was actually I felt oh, that I felt that message is yeah, yeah. that was powerful and yeah. I couldn't agree more. I mean, like I said, we always say this: everyone has a piece of the puzzle, and it's yes. a, it's a gift. It really yes. everyone has a gift, and obviously, different people are going to be more in tune to whatever gift that they're good at. You know, so just because you see somebody else is able to connect or channel or do something or be, be a medium or whatever. Um, doesn't mean that you have to do that. Like you can find your own gift, you know, everybody. Well, and I would, I would assert that sometimes the gift is simply the conscious presence that you bring to your job as a nurse practitioner or a fast food worker or a policeman or a whatever doing right. whatever that it could be because you're where you are doing what you're doing for a reason yeah and if you're doing it from a place of awareness and allowing the the truth of who you are to flow through you in the moment then we're all doing what we need to do and it does, they yeah. don't have to give up their job they don't have to give up their day job to do what they came to this planet to do Right. I did. I had to give mine up. I couldn't stand yeah. it there. <laughs> um, unless, yeah. Unless it's but sometimes the day job is the purpose, you see. Yeah, yeah. it could be. Yeah. Well, before I quit, I did exactly that. And I'm not lying. I really, truly was doing that. I understood, you know, while I'm here, I knew I wasn't going to be there forever. I was mm -hmm. literally going around just like trying to consciously spread my light and just mm -hmm. and what, however that would affect the, the job site and the people around me. Yeah, I wasn't worried about that. I was just like trying to just go and like be in that frequency 
And um, I just, I knew like, while I'm here, I might as well take advantage of what I can do here. But for me, it was a very, very, very strong sign, like to get out of that and move on yeah. because there was something, something more I had to do, but mm-hmm. it looks different for everybody. Mm-hmm. It looks different for everybody. So don't just go out there and quit your job thinking, no. you know, thinking. And that, that's why I said that I'm not advocating. Right. Just because you're away, having a spiritual awakening, that means you got to quit your day job. No, that you, you, yeah. that may be why you're, why you're having the awakening is so that you can be more conscious at what you're doing. Right. Yeah. It's going to look different. Yeah. It's going to look different for everybody. Mm-hmm. For me, it was my, my guys were basically, you know, knocking on my skull, like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? It's time to move on. You know, but they, they, the universe has other, pl- has other plans and had other plans for me. And literally the day after I quit, it, it, sh- it was amazing how it just showed up. Like, there was this opportunity that presented itself and I would have never been able to say, yeah, had I not just quit my job. And I was like, okay, now I get it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, and honestly, my life has changed substantially since then. But it's it's just that was my path. And don't you don't you agree that it that the the trust comes from just moving forward, and we'll understand the reason why in hindsight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You knew you had to quit your job, and then the opportunity presented itself. But if you hadn't quit your job, you wouldn't have been able to say yes. But you can see now the perfection of oh that's what i needed to do in order to be ready for yeah. whatever came next yeah, yeah. and yeah. for me it was like a true leap of faith it was scary mm-hmm. but i also knew i had to do it and the fear lasted you know it, you know immediately i'm like oh crap what did i just do yeah. i've been working for 15 years at this company mm-hmm. uh this is you know my paycheck my money blah blah, blah. but it didn't matter it didn't matter if you know if you're in alignment the universe is going to take care of you. Yeah. And I got out of alignment a few times along the journey and, and it becomes very apparent when you're out of alignment too, and you got to course correct and get back, but it's all part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I guess we're going to start wrapping this up. Thank you so much okay. for coming on. Uh, this was a lot of fun. A lo- thank you for sharing everything. And the guys don't forget to check out our website and um, join her masterclass book a session with her. If you feel compelled and uh, thank you so much for all the donations and all the support. Don't forget to grab a ticket to the conference. Can't wait to see all you guys there. And um, if unless you have anything else to say, I guess I'll go ahead and wrap this up, Julia. Thank you so much for coming on. No, just thanks for for allowing me to share a little bit about what I'm about with your people. And hopefully something was said that's going to be useful to someone down the road. I, I guarantee that. I guarantee that. Yeah. We, I mean, what we covered is, is just all of the important stuff, you know, it has nothing to do with the external, external surface level events that are happening right now. It's all internal It's what we can, what we can do to change our lives and to better our situation without that affecting us. So, um, yeah. Okay, guys. Well, um, thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next time. Have a great evening. All right.